0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Life Pedersen Makes a Podcast podcast. I'm your host, Life Pedersen. Today is a very special episode because I'm going to be interviewing Leah Orleans about something I know absolutely nothing about, contortion. And it will become clear during the interview that uh, despite my research that I am a moron. (laughs) But the interview turned out really great and um, I'm very excited about it. But before we get into that, I should tell you about Leah herself, who has been traveling the country teaching fitness and flexibility while performing contortion and partner acrobatics in her comedy circus show Acrobatrix. With a passion for making people laugh, she has performed two standing ovations on cruise ships, festivals, and military bases. A Chicago native, she began training Mongolian contortion technique at the tender age of nine and has continued to study under coaches all across the world, including Montreal, San Francisco, and New York. Leah and I met about 10 seconds before recording began, so enjoy that awkward comedy. But before I get into the interview, I would like to bring to your attention that, like many performers, Leah and her partner Antion's uh, income has been drastically affected by COVID. They are unable to perform, and their livelihoods have suffered accordingly. They have a Patreon site. It is patreon.com forward slash tricks. I will link to it in the show notes. They are extremely funny and talented, and a subscription will be well worth your time and money. And with that, let's get into the interview. Leah, thank you for uh, being on the show. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Life.
0: Where are you calling in from today?
1: St. Petersburg, Florida.
0: Are Are you touring, or is that where you live right now?
1: So last May, when pandemic became uh, you know, pandemic. What
0: pandemic. I'm just kidding.
1: What, what pandemic?
0: Huh? <laughs> I haven't left my condo <laughs> except for work for six months.
1: Right. So, uh, I planned on wintering here over the past winter, and then we were going to leave to resume our tour for the summer that, so we were going to leave in the spring for preparations and then pandemic happened. So we just stayed. So we've been stuck here in a way. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I imagine it's a lot like uh, I'm I'm a juggler. Uh, my background is juggling. I don't know if, if yeah. uh, our mutual friend made that clear. But um, yes. a lot of jugglers are struggling right now. Some of them have never had a real you know, day job. Um, so I, I, I can't imagine that's been easy for you guys. But at least you're in decent climate, yes. surrounded by crazy people, but at least a decent climate. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm in Saint Petersburg, which is one of the only districts that voted blue. For the record. Oh. Just so see. you know, right, so I good. like it here in our little good. pocket. All right. Of uh. Kudos yeah, to St. it's to it's Petersburg. a it's a really fun uh, small city that's about 40 minutes south of Tampa, and it has a really great community of artistic people, urban professionals, young urban professionals. It's it's definitely. A younger city for as far as Florida goes, so I'm pretty happy here. Um, right. Out of all well, the places to be stuck,
0: um, you know, more power to you. I, I've been wintering in Minnesota for most of my life, and it is not. I mean, <laughs> I mean the people are great, but uh, yeah. it is winter in Minnesota. So um, I am. This is gonna be an unusual interview for me because uh, contortionism, contortion, I always wanna say contortionism, I know that's not a word. Contortion (laughs) is something I have zero background in. Like every other person I've talked to or interviewed, I either have done it or I'm familiar with it or it's adjacent to something I've done. I am, I'm going into complete, there's gonna be a lot of dumb questions is what I'm getting at, there's no avoiding it. So (laughs) um, just to start off, off, just just let's go start with the basics. Describe contortion and and a and a typical contortion show.
1: Well, contortion is a circus art form. Um, it's also has its roots deep in Mongolian culture and Mongolian history. There's been a lot of uh, yes,
0: I had no idea in,
1: in bending. Yeah, there's it's okay. a it's a very um, kind of similarly to how French culture made ballet a codified ballet uh i think that it might be safe to say that mongolian culture did the same for contortion uh a long 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 time ago <laughs> but yeah i was gonna, gonna say, say how how far
0: does back does that
1: date contortion i i i'm not the right person to answer that question i don't yeah,
0: have maybe it's in the bible circus I history.
1: i have some okay. friends who would know though for sure okay. all um, right I'll, I'll google it friends. later
0: but I, it yes. didn't even occur to me. I was like, well, juggling, we know the you know, ancient Egyptians had juggling. And I just it just yeah. occurred to me, I have no idea how far back contortion goes.
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure that it has its roots in Mongolian culture, although probably not exclusively. But as far as I know, yes, that is the start. Um, as a result, a lot of Mongolian techniques have been passed down through generations. I began training through Mongolian technique with a coach in in uh, Chicago when I was growing up. And with her and a lot of time and a lot of patience and a lot of pain, but also <laughs> like training pain, proper pain, training pain compared to like being bent and pushed and and injured, you know.
0: Dropped on your head? Yes. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um so mm-hmm. you started really young, right? Is 9 is that right?
1: Mhm. Yes
0: but um, is that typical or do contortionists start super, like gymnasts, do they have to start super, super young or is it possible like, in, in your teens or even your 20s?
1: In my experience, um, it's easy to gain quicker results when you're training before you've hit puberty, uh, right. before your body kind of starts to stop growing you know, and begins the process of, of getting to the height That you're gonna stay at and your muscles and your bones aren't growing anymore or shifting and changing.
0: Hardening Um, and becoming But that being
1: said, right. But that being said, I've seen incredible contortion progress in fully grown adults. So it's definitely not a uh, blanket statement by any means.
0: So what's at, at age nine, what was it that drew you to contortion?
1: Well, I grew up in a family of entertainers. So, yeah, (laughs) so my father's a magician and um, I grew up in a household with a lot of artists and entertainers going to shows and I was exposed to a lot of fear and I really gravitated towards circus and I loved the combination of athleticism and performance. Um, Gymnastics kind of stressed me out. I think being judged or compared to other girls was Mm. uh, a cause of anxiety for me and feeling like, wow, I trained so hard for so many years and then I don't get to feel satisfaction just because some other girl has a different length of leg, you know, I'm like, this is silly. Mm. So I, I really loved theater and circus. And then when I found contortion, um, I, it worked with my body. I'm very small. I'm five feet tall. Uh, I'm like 95 pounds soaking wet, uh, just for context. And I, I really liked, the way that the training was and the performing it as well.
0: So uh I'm don't want to jump ahead, but you are part of a duo and your 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 mm-hmm. co-performer is um a uh partner, husband. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, okay. he's my partner.
0: And he does a lot of lifting you off of the ground. So your mm-hmm. your size and weight must uh, uh have contributed to that kind of direction, mm-hmm. I imagine. But there there must be like tall contortionists and
1: mm-hmm heavy contortion is actually yeah contortion is actually one of um the circus art forms that doesn't necessarily depend on your weight or size i i know contortionists that are large and tall and incredible uh and contortionists that are small and tiny like me or really lanky and you can do different things with when you have different proportions and i think that's part of the the attraction to me about it is that it can be very unique like with juggling I could learn to pass six clubs, and then someone else could learn to pass six clubs, even if they have a completely different body type. And it could look pretty much the same, you know, you're passing clubs. But with contortion, there are tricks and skills that I will never be able to do because of my proportions. And I can appreciate that uniqueness in the art form and find my own uniqueness within that.
0: It's it's far more subtle, but juggling does have those limitations. For example, I have small hands and uh, not very long arms. So mm-hmm. um, there are some things that just... The lankier jugglers have, uh, I guess, more margin for error, <laughs> I guess yeah. is the only way to describe it, because uh, yeah. a lot of these people with their giant wingspans, they can, they can get things that I would not have a prayer of getting. On the other hand, being... Um, not, not so long, but also muscular. Um, I think uh, my hand speed is just a little bit better than, you know, I have less distance to travel and more muscle to push mm-hmm. my hands around. And so,
1: but cool. I, I get, I get yeah. where you're
0: coming from. Um, so you juggle.
1: I, I do juggle. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cause I've seen your husband partner, uh, he, there, he's doing Diablo and Rollabola, really dangerous Rollabola, um, mm-hmm. in your act. And, uh, but I, yeah. I didn't see any, um yeah we don't juggle
1: in our show um I do juggle though I do pass significantly more than I juggle solo um but it's it's a skill that we have but oftentimes when we're performing there's another juggler at the same festival so we try not to do things that somebody else might be doing so we keep juggling out of our act but it's something that we do enjoy practicing and when we do like combination shows and variety shows oftentimes we'll like Past fire or something fun at the end you know for celebration I keep
0: saying husband um partner what was his name
1: etienne
0: etienne um mm-hmm. how long have the two of you been performing together
1: we've been working together for eight years all
0: right that's a long time so you you yeah. you have a solid 45 minute show i imagine maybe a couple of. Them
1: um if you're doing we have, yeah we have, we have two we have two different 45 minute shows um and then we also have some extra material that helps stitch it together when we need or rearrange for ceiling height purposes or not. Oh,
0: right. Yes, yes. All right. So uh let's let's take it back to your childhood. So you have chosen contortion over a lot of other um tantalizing options, I, I'm guessing with your mm-hmm. with your family's background. Uh w- was it ever a, a a goal to be a performer? Was it just going to be a hobby? How, how did that, how did that un, unfold?
1: Yeah, I, I think I really always wanted it to be a full-time profession. Um, there wasn't anything else that I wanted to do more per se. And being in a community and family of entertainers, I never really thought that it wasn't a possibility. You know, right. it's it's the sort of thing that takes a very specific kind of work and organization and business awareness as well as passion, but I, I saw that and I was like, yeah, that sounds like something, a life that I'd want to live compared to getting a normal nine-to-five job.
0: Have you ever had a normal nine-to-five?
1: I worked at a Jamba Juice for a summer. That oh,
0: yeah. That that sounds like a, a teenage thing. Yep. All right. I took the morning
1: right. like, Rollerblade to work. It was great.
0: <laughs> Jamba Juice. All right. Yeah, I think... <laughs> We all have to do what we need to do to get to to get to our goals. Um,
1: I also taught yoga for a year, um, but that wasn't necessarily a full time job. Well but that, I went through the training and taught. That's
0: well. that's something that occurred to me while I was watching your videos and reading, because um, I did some thorough research this morning uh by googling how to be a contortionist so i
1: feel
0: like i've got a pretty good handle on it um there's so a, there's yoga. a fantastic
1: wiki how article by the way i don't know if you stumbled upon this but it's out there it's a wiki how on how to be a contortionist with those like awkward stock photo drawings it's very it's fantastic yes. it's, it's, I, so I it's so weird it's it so is, weird
0: it is it is written by someone who clearly has, has never. No uh, I think they probably did what I did before they started writing that, and that was the beginning and end of their research. Um, <laughs> you're right, the, 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 um, the illustrations were were amusing. Um, so if you're, if you're listening to this and you want to have just a, a quick chuckle, that is... what totally worth I, th- it. I, th- I think it was at the top of the list when I Googled yeah. how to be a contortionist. So um, at, when did you transition to performer? Was that still when you were pretty young?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I did a lot of theater um, and some film acting when I was a kid as well. And then when I got a little older and I wasn't like a curly-haired, bouncy oatmeal child anymore, um, (laughs) I stopped doing that and I kind of started doing more circus. Uh, And then those roads kind of met in the middle and I went to circus school. And trained harder in my like late teens, and then a few years after that, I met Etienne, and we started working together.
0: How let, let's let's pretend like you're at step zero, uh, whether you're nine or fifteen or whatever. How many years before you could theoretically um, have a, you know a, a show, a contortion show? I mean, I guess it depends on the oh, body I th- type. Th-
1: I think that's kind of a it, yeah. I think that's a kind of an impossible question to answer because like it, having a show and being able to present your skill on stage, whether that's having your own show or being cast in a show or being hired in a show, um, that that's a completely different skill set than training contortion. Um, and there are contortionists who train, 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 train because they love training. And then they'll put together a routine and tour in a circus for a few years. And then there are contortionists that, train a little bit but they have easier connections to getting hired you know like that's it's not the I wouldn't say those two are my exclusive but um when you're young you know I think that there takes there's this period of physical growth that needs to happen and gains you know getting both of your splits getting a strong backbend getting a strong chest stand and then starting to learn handstands and contortion handstands that's usually the progression of skills um and it can take years
0: and there i mean your your show is i mean it's pretty obvious in your show but it's it occurred to me while i was doing uh, the reading that there is a lot of crossover like it's rare that someone just does contortion and that is the beginning and end of their act. There's acrobatic um, elements you, you you mentioned juggling I, I don't know if that happens a lot but also um, there humor I mean what is, is it is it typical to have all of those tools in the tool kit?
1: No it's it's definitely not um, specifically I'm a generalist so in in circus, there are terms that are used as ge- a generalist or a specialist. Um, specialists usually have one discipline, maybe two disciplines that they're very, 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 very good at. Generalists have three or more. Um, I am such where I do partner acrobatics, contortion, juggling. Um, that is rare. It's It's rare to have a, such a wide berth. But also I've chosen to be that way because um i also want to put less stress on my body and if i'm going to do a 45 minute show eight times in a weekend i can't be doing 45 minutes of contortion right so my in my show i do a five minute contortion routine in a 45 minute show so what do you fill that other 40 minutes with right so i'm doing other skills as well um
0: well, that, is, yeah. um, that sounds like some classic overachieving right there because <laughs> all the things you just mentioned are really difficult. So <laughs> I know Thank that. Um, it, is, it
1: is a lot, but <laughs> I like doing it.
0: Well, okay. Well, that certainly helps. I mean, are there hobbyist contortion folks? I mean, it's like
1: yeah, yoga. Can absolutely. you just sort of do it
0: on the weekends as you know, to unwind?
1: Um, it's, it depends. I think... I, I know a lot of hobbyist contortionists. I teach a lot of, a lot of oh. hobbyist contortionists as well, um, and I, I coach them. And uh, I think that a lot of women and people in general, um, most of my students are women, but that is not specific at all. All genders do contortion, and it's pretty incredible to see the, the varieties as well. But um, I find that it is a cer- it attracts a certain type of person who likes patience in their training it contortion does not give you immediate satisfaction you're not getting like the same sort of thrill as if you're doing trapeze or aerial silks um it's slow and it's painful and um the the progressions require patience like i i said so yeah it it, it is it is definitely a a passion for a lot of people
0: why how, how do you like maintain that that enthusiasm when, with something that takes so long just for like you know fractional in, um, improvement
1: that's a really good question um having a good coach helps i think being passionate and invested in it helps um similarly to learning an instrument i think you, you do see and feel small incremental progressions and it can be very satisfying.
0: Yes, and, and I, I know nothing about this, but it just feels like um, things like um, musical instruments or juggling or whatever, uh, you, you definitely can f- experience much faster progression than you might in contortion.
1: Yeah, I, I do feel like juggling and contortion fall in the same category of practice isn't that satisfying? Like you're doing a lot of dropping when you learn to juggle, right? It it's just dropping, 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 dropping. And it's it's having the, like, I, I could ask you the same question of how do you feel satisfied when all you're doing is picking up dropping when you train and when you practice? And- uh,
0: Not at all, to be honest, <laughs> it's extremely frustrating. But you I keep mean,
1: going back to it, you when, know?
0: When you're younger and beginning, uh, I think the the, um, the progression or the noticeable um, leaps in skill are are quicker and and bigger. And and the longer you're in it, and the more you're doing it, and the harder stuff you do, it that kind of decreases, and the payoffs become smaller and farther apart. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it is a, a situation where you become addicted early, and then you just have no choice. You have to just deal with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand.
0: So, um, um, I wanted to um, kind of uh, focus on the um, the the crossover of of what you're doing because I've seen some contortion acts that were just straight up contortion, and they are short. I mean, as as you described, I, I think. Uh, doing a long contortion act, even once a weekend. Never m- mind eight times in a weekend, which um, I'm still kind of shocked about that little detail. Um, it's it's not a thing that it's not a long show. It's a, like a variety act, um, mm-hmm. cabaret type situation, at least for what I've seen. They're they're five mm-hmm. minutes or less.
1: Yeah, um, most most contortion acts are are as such, like you said. Yes.
0: It takes. Uh, obviously a lot of strength, not just for you but also entian who is lifting and tossing and bench pressing you so many times and (laughs) i was my question was going to be how with i mean i know bodies adjust and and kind of you know they they don't have any choice in some cases but my question was going to be how many shows in a day or a week can you do you've already answered that question i'm stunned how do you guys that's a renaissance festival
1: weekend yeah so when we work renaissance festivals which is about four to six months out of the year, um, depending on the year and our schedule. We do uh, four shows on Saturday and four shows on Sunday and we rest on Monday. <laughs> and, um, For the
0: next three it's, weeks. It's, that's what I would yeah, do, I'd be in the yeah. hospital. Um, it's
1: okay. You get used to it, it you pace your energy. It's, um, it's scient- Renaissance festival days are a little scientific. Um, It feels kind of like the Olympics of performing where you prepare on Friday, you cook all of your meals, you do all of your food prep, you lay out all of your costumes, you make sure that all of your props are functional, you set everything, you know, you spend all of a Friday prepping, and then on Saturday you wake up, you put on makeup at 8am, morning meetings at 9, the fair opens at 10, show, 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 eat dinner, sleep, wake up, do it again, and then Monday you relax. And you have Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to do whatever you want. And it's kind of nice because you have that five days in between. You can really sink in. You can enjoy whatever location we're at, whether that's New York or Colorado or LA. And then you do shows again on the weekends. Now we're battling the elements. We're outside. It can be cold. It has hailed before. We have done Renaissance Festival Days during hurricanes <laughs> like oh, it is it is all goodness. elements but that's that's part of the fun of this kind of work and and variety space
0: odd that you chose the word fun to describe that's because <laughs> i i know a lot of jugglers who do that renaissance festival schedule and you know the sun the wind hail mm-hmm. i guess maybe i don't know we are in minnesota mm-hmm. um And that's, that doesn't sound like fun at all. I'm an indoor juggler. I need my atmosphere to be, I need complete control (laughs) over the lights and the wind, preferably zero wind. Um, and also preferably what I'm standing on, which would be a floor or something hard, not grass where anything can happen or nothing in the case of juggling clubs when they just land. But how so? I, I don't want to get too much into this because I, I already am all way off. But because there's like a situation where you're like, no, we're not doing this. I mean, like torrential downpour. What? Where, when do you? When do you cancel
1: well, a the show? Well, if the festival is open, um, we are at work. So we're in costume, we're in makeup, we're at our stage at our stage times. If it's currently pouring, we're not going to be doing a show. But we're gonna be out there talking to the audience that is also out there with their umbrellas because they are. they mm-hmm. people show up you know and, and part of our job is just entertaining and we're talking with them. we're bouncing umbrellas on our faces and we're juggling and then dropping and laughing about it and it rain days and hail days and, and cold days hurricane become in hurricane days become a get to know the fans day. and you just hang out with the people that showed up anyway because they came to see you and they're excited. So we're going to do something for them.
0: Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's important to have, um, contingencies, but mm-hmm. you know, and this isn't just you guys. I I've, have endless admiration for, renaissance festival performers because that is there is just so much about that that i would not be able to (laughs) cope with the the elements the the pace that that schedule i i don't know how anyone does it ever Um, i i juggle a couple times a week with my partner and that is about all my body can handle at this stage (laughs) Um, at the beginning of of Uh, quarantine when all the gyms were shut and I had very few options for exercise, I started doing my solo juggling, which I haven't done in forever. I'm just a club passer uh, with my teammate. And uh, within two weeks of starting my solo juggling for exercise, both of my elbows were garbage. I I had to stop. Mm -hmm. And then I had to go to physical therapy. That is what my body, even after 37 years of juggling, my body's like, no, you're not, this is not something that's happening right now. You, uh, mm-hmm. and now you're being punished for four mm-hmm. months anyway um <laughs> back on it so you guys i mean to to develop a new i saw a video of you guys practicing with um i don't know what to call it the trapeze the thing that keeps you from landing on your head and dying
1: um a safety belt like sure the harness? like the harness yeah. yes
0: okay mm-hmm. so when you're developing new material what, and I saw that you have a coach, but there must be some way or somehow that you guys are testing this material on audiences. Like there's not a contortion open mic night at Bars and bowling, alleys, right? You have <laughs> to. Very good point. You have to find yes. a, a place to do this. How do How do There's you guys? There's not
1: a contortion open mic night at bars and bowling. <laughs> well, you know. That's good. That's the title many... of this podcast. <laughs> how many
0: comedians can practice? <laughs> well, you know, several exactly. Times a night, you're all week.
1: Exactly right. And if you guys don't have that do, option. How do you do it? Um, it depends on what we're creating is is the long answer it's hard to come up with a short answer but it depends on what we're creating sometimes at festivals there will be a like pub sing or like a last show of the day that's this like bonus variety show as people are leaving the festival and it kind of is an open what you want to do is
0: do another show at the end of (laughs) a nation
1: exactly and you know what it's crazy but that's that's what ends up happening like we end up going and doing an extra five-minute routine at a pub sing to try out new material and to to experiment with stuff. Um, also, we host like we'll host little open micy shows at our circus gym sometimes, um, or <laughs> sometimes we'll just go in and dive in and trust our material.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, at some, some stage, you in, a, stage you have to have a. You have to have as after doing it as long as you guys have been doing, you must have some sort of instinct as to what's gonna work and what yes. needs work and what My, is just garbage.
1: Yes. My partner Etienne is a very good joke writer and he's very skilled at at being able to tweak a joke in a routine anticipating what's gonna work. And and I, it really, you know, makes a huge difference. Obviously it's fantastic.
0: Still there's I mean there there's no substitute for audience reaction through that. So I, yes, that that's another thing that crossed my mind as I was researching this, like how do these guys practice new material without, you know, the risk of having it completely bomb. um,
1: But also uh, we're very aware that the stakes we'll do a show. We'll do the material that match the stakes of the show that we're doing. So if we're doing a very fancy corporate party at, a banquet hall for a bunch of executives we're not going to do our b or c material you know we're going to bring out the stuff right. that's our best and our strongest um that, that also fits within the space of the banquet hall and the stage um oftentimes we're not shooting crossbows in banquet halls right <laughs> we nice. keep those to the renaissance festival um so yeah
0: so i and i mean especially during renaissance festival season eight shows a weekend there there's Ample opportunity to at least insert a little bit of new stuff and test it and, and, and mm-hmm. massage it. Okay, exactly. So um, we already talked about. I mean, it, it seems to me. I'm, clearly, I'm wrong. That contortionism, uh, contortion is is a it's an all or nothing thing. In, in if especially for the. Um, for the performers it's i know you teach classes and it's i mean is what you is it even comparable to yoga or would, is, it feels like it needs a it's lot a, more it medication. has a different
1: result um it, when you go to a yoga class you're going there for a mind and body meditation you're going to rest your mind by moving your body connecting your breath to your movement with mm. contortion i me You're as going a to coach, torture I'm, your body <laughs> well in a way like we are we're intentionally putting ourselves in positions that can be painful, but are mostly activating your muscles in unnatural ways or in ways that you don't normally do and holding them and applying pressure in unnatural ways. And it's a conversation. I'm always talking, constantly talking to my students as I train them. It's not breathe in and relax. Now breathe out. It's not that it's like, okay, there's no, You're not, you're not taking your mind anywhere else than where we are in the present moment. Um, so it's, does that make sense?
0: Yes, it it does. It just, uh, again, um, having, you know, being lifelong I still can't touch my toes for as long as I've tried to do it. And so the, the, just the mere concept of what you do is, is mind bending. Like I can't wrap my head around it. And I, <laughs> I suppose there, that people have that same thought about me when they see me juggle with my exactly teammates. We do stuff yeah. that's unorthodox. Um, most other jugglers will be like, okay, I got it. But uh, some people are just like, that's how, what? No, physics. Right. What are you doing? Physics is being <laughs> violated. So, but still, I'm I'm just going to go to my... I'm going to go to my grave thinking that you guys are doing something that's impossible and possibly dark magic. Um,
1: right. Well, that's part of the fun too of it is that you're seeing something that makes your mind go, how does that work? And that, <laughs> that suspension of disbelief that we have when we watch things that entertain us is part of why they entertain us. You know, it's, it's, it's part of why we like watching shows and TV about people that aren't like us.
0: But it's not like magic. You can't fake it. It is just out no. there. You, you have to, you are doing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm probably going to fall over myself a few more times talking about how incredible you guys are uh, <laughs> before this is over. But So Thank brace you. yourself. Um, let, let's talk about the physical um, of it, because I did run across at least one source that uh, discusses about how long-term contortion uh, does serious damage to the spine. Is that a, a real danger or is someone just, um, and I know as a generalist, maybe you're, you're you, you have a different outlook on that?
1: Um, I, I think that in not, not all cases that is the case, but I definitely know that that can be the case. It depends on how you train and what your history of injury is. I think similarly to how ballerinas have foot issues and leg issues and bone structure issues in their feet. Um, It's definitely a sport or an art form that is physically taxing on the body. I have personally been injured before and have been, you know, taking care of my injuries and trying to heal them and do physical therapy and taking, you know, massage and mobility and heat and ice and all of the things that we do to to keep ourselves healing properly. Um, Yeah. And I think that improper training will create more long-term injury but that's kind of a given for any sport really.
0: So it's is it all a matter of training or is it also is longevity does longevity play? I mean if you're gonna do this into your 60s are you, are you definitely asking for um, chronic pain? I don't you, think
1: that I'm gonna be doing this into my 60s right. uh, <laughs> as cool as that would sound. Um,
0: what okay I, so that, that leads me I to I a think good it's question about listening
1: what? to your body you know and listening to where where you're at physically.
0: That Okay, I, I hear that, but um, especially with something like what you do and, and other um, disciplines that are, you know, lifelong in a lot of cases for a lot of people, knowing when to quit is uh, very difficult to first admit, but then also actually, you know, follow through.
1: Yeah.
0: So what is the average lifespan of a contortionist? <laughs>
1: I, I don't, Not lifespan, I don't really performance. know.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: I don't really know exactly how to answer that. Um, I don't have data on you know your contortionists okay. across the world, but Who, what's the I, oldest
0: contortionist you've ever seen that's still performing? Who is? Uh,
1: I watched I watched a Mongolian woman shoot a bow and arrow with her feet, and she was like 65 at a circus festival. But that was also a specific performance. I don't know if she's performing full time. You know, I don't know how many reps of shows she's doing. I think that might have been a a historical number for that. I I don't know, you know, and she's amazing and that was badass. Um, But I have also seen contortionists get very injured and then they go into teaching or coaching or any of the other artistic disciplines in around it um, at 30 you know, so it's it's like I said, I think it's about listening to your personal body. I hope to do this for as long as I can, but I know that I'm also um, intentionally learning other skills so I can do them while I can continue to train contortion, kind of cut cut it with other things.
0: Well, and that and that's true in juggling as well. I mean, at, at a certain age, your reflexes and hand speed are, are going to decline no matter what you've done with your life um, and training. And you just have to change your Your act to accommodate the, you know, the reality of your body. But, um, so, but you, you describe yourself as a generalist and I'm, I'm getting back into the nitty gritty that I don't understand here. You, even as a generalist, I, the things that you do, that doesn't look like, you know, like middling contortion that looks like full on, like that's, that's the peak of of that skill and, and do you <laughs> how, how would you rank yourself because you know there, there can be oh, only so much that I the back can bend <laughs> no.
1: no no really no. i i i probably would not be able to hold my ground at a Cirque du Soleil contortion audition at all like i have what? strong skills in contortion no my but my my general flexibility like i can't do a triple fold i can't do a contortion push-up anymore i used to be able to but i lost it like there are many top-level skills that I probably will never do, and I'm okay with that. Um, what I have instead is my stage presence and my other skills. You know, and it's it's just a different skill set. But yeah, no, I I would definitely say that I am an advanced contortionist. But as far as the art form goes, no, I am not as high up there.
0: So um, I've just googled triple fold. <laughs> <laughs> and, and looked at the images and um that is yeah that is gonna haunt me someday this is okay so yes I can describe I, it
1: if you'd like yeah <clears throat>
0: um well I'm looking at it and I still can't describe it so what, why don't you give it a try
1: a, a triple fold is a contortion trick a pose a position where the contortionist Usually begins in a backbend, so you can imagine that with her hands and their feet on the ground in an arched position. And then they tuck their head in between their legs to do what is called a chest stand, which I can do and do in my show. When your head is between your feet, you have your feet on either side, and you see your knees coming up over your head. Pretty classic contortion position. So classic, in fact, that it is often called a classic. That is another... (sighs) term for a chest stand is a classic. And then a triple fold is the step above that, where you take your feet and you bring your feet down to your ribs. So your knees touch the ground on either side of your head. So you're folding it's that's the third fold. That's why it's called a triple fold. Um, And I cannot do one. You know, I've never been able to, I probably will never be able to. And that's just based on my training and proportion and skill and what I've decided to focus on.
0: And is a triple fold, like the height of contortion? Um, like, is that the pinnacle? Is that the last is there a quadruple in, in, fold that I don't want no. to know about? Okay. <laughs>
1: um, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what the height of contortion would be. I don't think that it's as an art form. It doesn't, it's not codified the way that like gymnastics is where there's like a top. Um, but, Contortion handstands are an advanced skill as well, and being able to do contortion handstands, contortion one-arms, like a one-arm handstand with your feet over your head, um, and a a contortion push-up is another advanced skill. Um, Wow! There are a few, and then there are you know the art form itself, like the way that you move as you bend, and the your movement quality is a big element that differentiates one contortionist from the next.
0: All right, so let's let's get back into performing. Um, Much like juggling, I imagine that um, if you have a mistake in contortion, it's the type of thing that everyone, all the way to the back row of the audience, will see and notice. Um, Does that? I mean, that's so that's. I mean, it's similar to juggling in that there's a high stakes. Like if you drop, everyone sees that you dropped. Okay, so there's no hiding it. Like if you I don't know what I compare it to like a musical instrument where if you miss one note, maybe like the super nerds would notice, but nobody else is going to notice. How do you, um, how do you cope with the high stakes there of, of of one little mistake being a, you know, not a disaster, but something that the audience is going to be like, Oh, Oh no. I, well,
1: I don't, I don't really know what that would look like in contortion unless you like fall off your table. Um,
0: well in your case, off, off of your, your partner,
1: Sure. Like if I'm if I'm doing partner acrobatics, if if you make a large mistake, there's you know you make a large mistake. But right. I think the that a lot of that is is practicing, and not putting anything on stage that you don't feel like is 100% secure. Um, when mistakes are made, if they're safely made and nobody's hurt, which is you know the ideal situation, uh, oftentimes because we're a comedy show, we have drop lines or jokes that we say that we make it funny and we make it a a humorous character moment. Sometimes we uh, will, like if if it's a trick that's difficult or if it's a super hot day or if there's something that's happening that is making the trick really hard, like we have jokes that help increase anticipation in the audience. So they're not necessarily drop lines, but they're like, yes, we actually messed up because this is hard. We're going to do it again for you guys, here we go. And now everybody's like doubly pumped up about it. Yes, um, and then
0: they go bananas when you get it.
1: Right, right. In but theory. ideally, we try to try to not um, screw up.
0: <laughs> so that, okay, this hadn't occurred to me. Uh, I warned you before, there's gonna be a lot of dumb questions. This, this hadn't occurred to me, but in contortion, I guess there is, there are no like, like visible mistakes. You're just either getting into it I mean, you, slowly or quickly yeah. or... You know, there's, but you're getting it into depends. it, right? Okay. Um, and and I wanted to back up a little bit. Heat, uh, super hot days makes it more difficult because I thought it would have been the other way around.
1: Um, well, I mean, when it's 104 degrees in Texas, I don't necessarily want to be doing four shows outside. Oh, right. But, <laughs> but like I the am. actual
0: <laughs> physical part of the contortion, like having... You're extremely sweaty. Up,
1: I yes. mean, it's, yeah, contor- for contortion, I would, I would rather it be hot than cold. I would always rather perform in 100 degrees than 35 degrees, but we have to do both. So, you know, it, it's definitely, I will replace my contortion routine with something else. That's when we bring out the juggling, right? When it's 35 degrees.
0: <laughs> hey, juggling That's cold then, is no picnic either. So <laughs> no, whatever you're doing it's in that temperature is better than sitting be on
1: your head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's choosing the lesser of two evils for sure.
0: What kind of uh, is let's let's say more or less ideal conditions what what's your warm-up
1: um it depends on the show that i'm going to do but usually i spend about 20 to 30 minutes before a show warming up and then i've intentionally we we, etienne and i have intentionally choreographed the show so i'm actually warming up on stage before my contortion routine by doing like yeah yeah it's very strategic (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, during Etienne's Diablo routine uh, is right before my contortion routine usually and the movements and the motions that I'm doing in reaction to him are actually warm-ups <laughs> you can't even tell because the focus is on him I'm throwing my my theatrical focus to him but like I'll put my foot up on the table in like a pose but really I'm stretching to prepare myself for the next routine
0: that is brilliant, um, <laughs> but on like an eight show weekend, so you you need to warm up before each one of those eight shows.
1: I mean, I kind of stay warm depending stay, on the temperature yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. of of the space, you know, and I, I pick and play.
0: All right. So, um, contortion isn't just about bendiness. There's a lot, clearly a lot of strength involved. Um, and in your case in particular, cause you guys are, have, um, acrobatics, uh, all intermeshed in there. What, I, I guess this takes me back to the, how on earth you guys manage eight shows in a weekend, but there, there's a, a lot of strength involved is that, um, do you cross train at all, or how how do you get to that point, or is it just a matter of doing the the hours?
1: Yeah, I do cross train. Um, I rollerblade is one of my favorite ways to do cardio, um, and I I also strength train and stretch and weight train occasionally. Um, and then the combination of doing partner acrobatics with Etienne and then training and stretching myself for contortion. It's there's a whole lot, and then I also just like active I have like an active lifestyle so I'll go hiking or kayaking or doing things that require my body you know right for for recreation
0: Uh, that seems like that's like I mean part of the package you know I'm trying to imagine a contortionist who you know spends their weekends on the couch eating potato chips and
1: (laughs) I mean I also absolutely spend my weekends on the couch eating potato chips oh like that that happens that absolutely happens I for sure
0: (laughs) you're just (laughs) like the rest of us oh oh yeah
1: (laughs) almost humans
0: okay (laughs)
1: oh
0: oh my god the my appetite for donuts during the covid Mm. lockdown has gone through the stratosphere i don't understand
1: i love donuts love donuts love them so
0: much i i I mean, have you noticed your appetite for junk food has has increased during? during I lockdown? have
1: always had a, a very big appetite for junk food. Oh, I have a okay. very bad sweet tooth. Um, well, it's I it's like chocolate, very intense.
0: But this donut thing has I come. I really this like is pretty chocolate. New. Oh oh, oh I like
1: my! Others, God. I like sours like sour oh. candies and like like Twizzler sort of type snacks
0: i don't I can, even understand what you're talking down. about right now yep.
1: so
0: if i don't eat chocolate in a day I, it's weird like i have chocolate every single day
1: chocolate.
0: Ah, yes oh god i want some chocolate right now um so um i want to get into because this is kind of how I, I i round things out to the people who are listening who might want to give contortion a try, what are, first of all, we've already talked about this, but can you sort of like expand on the age and limitations of, of age if someone were to try in their 20s or, or later?
1: Um, I think it's important to find a good coach first and or to find a good class, a stretching class You could look at uh, circus gyms. I know that uh, Minneapolis has Fly Freak Studios is a great circus studio. I've taught there before. um, If you have any local listeners and uh, a contortionist friend of mine, Cheryl Birch used to live in Minneapolis and she taught a lot as well. I think she moved to Vegas though. Um, But yeah, I would first say, look at resources, look at professional resources. Also gymnastics classes for kids are really good. um, If you can't find something specifically circus or contortion, um, there are some things online that are helpful. I personally teach online as well and I coach online, although I always recommend in-person training over online training. I know that COVID makes that difficult, but if you can find somebody who can get their hands on you.
0: Yeah. I was that was the first thing that popped in my head. This doesn't sound like the type of thing you want to just watch a YouTube tutorial and then try it on your own. Um, that Correct. sounds, like, there have like, been sounds some like a fast amazing... path to injury.
1: Yes. There have been some amazing uh, tutorials and and guides that have come out through different coaches, especially during this quarantine time. Um, Katie Breyer, contortion, B-R-I-E-R, I I believe. Uh, She is one of my coaches, and I trust her word very strongly uh, through her online programs.
0: All right. But I mean, so having that hands-on, someone that can A, make sure you're not going to hurt yourself, but B, sort of just like, again, just ease you ever so slowly into the, you know, into the new moves or, or the more advanced moves Um, that, that, that feels almost like it, it's a requirement. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think when, when you're training as a, um, like I'll, I'll train myself at home alone because I know how to train myself home alone, but I prefer having a coach help me you know I think it's a combination of both but if you're a beginner instruction is always the direction to go
0: So there's you know coaching and this is gonna be a, a stupid statement so I'm gonna stay, say it anyway coaching at any level is still a good idea even as advanced as yeah. you are yes do you, do you had set do you guys set time aside every year for like coaching and training I saw a short video of you guys training I think it was in Montreal.
1: Yeah, we trained in Montreal for uh, four winters, so we took our winter season for four years in a row and trained there with coaches, Um, and then we came down here to train with with coaches in Florida as well, Uh, and yeah, the pandemic has, you know, changed kind of everything and our schedules, but in general, yes, we do find time to train with coaches.
0: Any other suggestions for people that want to just like, I mean, yeah, the circus schools are, are blossoming everywhere, which is so awesome. Um, Minneapolis is okay. like three of them now, or I should say the Twin Cities. Um, but any, is there like reading? I suppose that's ridiculous, but maybe something um, else to people to explore?
1: YouTube, I think watching, like go down the YouTube rabbit holes of circus routines and contortion routines if you're interested to learn more. I think that you can really see a lot of different Styles you can see the vast variety of different types of contortion routines that can be done, and you can get a lot of inspiration from people. And you can be like, "Wow, that's a really different aesthetic or "Oh, that's a really different style," and and then seeing how that influences you in the work that you do. You
0: just sparked um, uh, something I read. It, there's apparently contortion can be divided down into front benders and back benders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that so? You're obviously a backbender.
1: Correct. D- uh, the a third, the third, like branch is dislocators—people who can dislocate parts of their body.
0: Oh, oh. Um,
1: I'm not a dislocator. Right. Uh, you, there, yes, there are people who are both, but mostly it's one or the other.
0: Um, okay, so um, we are at the end of my questions. Um, and, but uh, is there anything else, uh, advice or suggestions? Um, you, you mentioned Katie Breyer, but um, is there, is there, are there people on YouTube? I also or, have my there own there?
1: program. You do? Um, yeah, I, I do. I will to that. It's, yes, definitely. I'll, I'll email you and send you specific links. But the ABCs of Fitness is the name of my program, The um, theabcsoffitness.com. And you can get links to my training recommendations, my downloadable program, and my accountability program, too, which is the 19-day challenge. And, yeah, you know, that's that's what I'm currently doing now. That's what I've been spending my time doing during this quarantine and will be doing full-time until probably around April. So if you want to talk to me specifically about how to get better or train or be more interested in training contortion, that's where to find me.
0: Can a chronically um, inflexible 50-year-old man handle the ABCs of fitness, or is that, am, I, yes. am I a lost cause? Okay. It is
1: a, no, no, no. It is a specifically all-levels modular training program. It can be uh, turned up with modifications for someone who would want to train contortion specifically, or someone who just wants to do more cardio, or somebody who wants more uh, leg gains. You know, It's, it's a modifiable and rearrangeable as a result. I've spent two years modifying and working on it. Um, it was a pre pandemic project that came out in 2019, but really took off since everybody's been home working out.
0: I was going to say I've, you know, in Minnesota, our gyms are closed yet again, and my options for exercise are also again, limited. So this is apart from playing video games, I need something else to do. Um, so I, I yeah. definitely check it out myself. I'm, you know, I'm doing a little stretching and some push-ups, whatever I can manage on my living room floor. And it is not, it is woefully inadequate. So, um, I will. I'm
1: happy to help. Check
0: it out too. (laughs) Well, Leah, um, Thank you again for this time uh, talking to a not-so-bright stranger about your discipline. I deeply appreciate it. Um, I will uh, put the links to uh, Leah's program, um, some of the the videos of Leah and tian performing, which are hilarious and, um, anything else that I can find in my research, uh, for people who would just want to explore a little bit more. But again, uh, Leah, thank you very much. Um, it's been great talking thank to you Thank
1: you so much. Lee. It's been awesome. Thanks so much.
0: And again, that was Leah Orleans, contortionist, acrobat, and juggler. So an amazing human being on every level please do check the show notes. I have links to Leah's website, the Tricks, that's the, the show she performs with her partner, Antian, their uh, Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash acrobatrix, and Leah's uh, fitness program, the ABCs of Fitness. And with that, I will remind you, you've been listening to the Life Pedersen Makes a Podcast podcast. Thank you for clicking, and I hope you'll click again.